Tech Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Owl Live, we'll feature author and podcaster Kirk McElhern. We'll focus on family-friendly TV and whether Apple's proposed new TV service, not officially confirmed, is making the wrong move. We'll see. Rob Pegarero of USA Today, Wirecutter, and Yahoo Finance and Tech. He'll be here to talk about the SpaceX launch and about lots of other stuff, including HomePod. All this and more on the Tech Night Out Live. Yeah! We're joined by Kirk McElhern, man about town. Well, I used to do that when he lived in France, but now that he lives in a palatial barn. Farmhouse. Barn. Farmhouse. It's a farmhouse. It's a farmhouse barn. Okay. The barn is next door. I can't talk about him being a man about town because he's spending all that on the rent. Probably five times what I spend for rent. But I'm kidding. You know, let's just get into some serious stuff here. So we've all heard about the fact that Apple is working on a project to start developing original TV dramas. I'm not talking about car karaoke or all that nonsense. I mean, a real... Planet of the Saps. Planet of the Dumb and all the other stuff that they come out with. I am talking here about real TV shows. And one of them mentioned is Amazing Stories. Amazing Stories was a show in the spirit of The Outer Limits and Twilight Zone from the 1980s, produced by Steven Spielberg. So you had sci-fi, horror, supernatural, that sort of stuff, anthology. It was on, I believe, NBC. It lasted for a couple of years. Now, I wonder why, if you're going to do a reboot for an old TV show, you'd pick one that only lasted two years. But then CBS has a show called SWAT, Okay. I remember that. Okay, SWAT was only on TV for two years, and then there was a movie. Wasn't that back in the 70s? Right. It lasted two years. But now the new show is getting good ratings. So we have amazing stories. Lots of potential. So as the showrunner, that's the guy who basically manages the day-to-day stuff on a TV series. He, He, therefore, is like the boss you deal with scripts, directors, cast issues, getting the things done on time. They picked Brian Fuller. Now, I don't know if you know who Brian Fuller is, and I'll explain, and Kirk will continue. He got his genre cred working as a writer for Star Trek Deep Space Nine. He served as a producer for Star Trek Voyager. Remember Pushing Daisies? Classic show. He worked on Heroes. remember that. And he also did Hannibal, which is a reimagining of the Hannibal Lecter novels from thomas harris and the thing that supposedly made the show more interesting other than being pretty edgy for network tv is the fact that he followed the original novels as closely as possible because it's not just one story like silence of the lambs it was a series of novels so recently cbs is setting up its all access streaming service and as the flagship show they want to bring back a star trek series star trek discovery So Fuller was brought in as a creator of the show, an executive producer. And apparently he and CBS lived on different planets. They'd argue over budgets. They'd argue over directors. They'd argue over casting. They also argued over the focus of the show. He wanted something that would be like an anthology show, still in the Star Trek universe, but different cast, different show every week. They wanted a serialized drama, which is kind of like you do at Netflix, where you have one season 
where they focus on a single story with a few side stories. You see this on things like House of Cards or things like Daredevil. That's what they wanted. Eventually, they went their separate ways. Supposedly, Fuller, I get the impression here, is not easy to work with. Okay? He was also involved in a show called American Gods for the Stars Network, and he was fired over creative differences, is the normal statement they use. Okay? He was hired for the Amazing Stories reboot, and among the other people they hired was Hart Hansen. If you don't know who Hart Hansen is, he worked with Fox TV on a show called Bones, you know, about a, a police procedural where they pick up old bones and try to solve crimes. That sounds it, interesting. Yeah. For three episodes. Yeah, well, it's lasted like 10 years or something, okay? Wow. Both he, Fuller, and Hansen left Amazing Stories over creative differences. So he and Amblin Entertainment, which is a Steven Spielberg company, and Apple couldn't come to terms. He wanted an edgier show. They wanted family-friendly. Now, before we go on, Brian Fuller has been fired from three TV series already. Star Trek Discovery, the one from Stars, and Amazing Stories. Why would anybody want to hire this guy? He's got to be difficult. No, well, he's working with Paramount Television on a new TV show based on Vampire Chronicles from Anne Rice. So... He's going to continue to make the big bucks. Whether he survives, we'll see. So much for that. But what about the vision here, I guess that Apple has in mind, Kirk, about family-friendly entertainment as opposed to what Netflix delivers, which can be pretty edgy and very far beyond R-rated. Is Apple making a mistake there? Well, I think they are. I think that um, assuming that the reason he got fired is because Apple wants more family-friendly series. This is what the rumors are saying. Uh, I think that this could be the reason why Apple will fail at original video content. There are certainly TV series that aren't violent and don't have a lot of sex. But the series that have stood out in recent years, you know, when they started talking about the golden age of television, you've got Breaking Bad and The Wire, both crime series, The Sopranos, Mad Men, which which on the surface, Mad Men is relatively laid back, but there is a lot that goes on in there that wouldn't make network TV. And then you take things like The Walking Dead or Game of Thrones. TV's not like it was back in the day where everyone watched the same series, but these have a certain popularity and particularly a cultural importance and a critical popularity. It's obvious that whatever CSI series is on currently, that probably has more viewers than Game of Thrones and Walking Dead combined. Except that CSI is gone. But the thing is, when you hear people talking about good TV series, they don't talk about these boring network series. They talk about the ones that are edgy, that do push the limits a little bit. And this is just something that if Apple is really going to avoid this, well, they're going to end up in a sort of Disney-esque type of TV that's relatively bland and uninteresting. And and what surprises me is that we, we know that Apple has refused apps that have sex or violence, but they haven't refused to sell and rent movies or sell TV series, etc. And they're fine with, you know, these sort of quote-unquote romance novels that are really softcore porn. They have no problems with that. Yet for video, if what we're reading here is true, this is really a problem. 
that they won't be able to create something that's interesting enough. Well, even commercial TV pushes the envelope. Not well, a lot, but to some degree, sure. And violence, and you can't have, there are seven words you can't say. And in reality, people do not say frack like they did in, what was that science fiction thing? Battlestar Galactica. But Battlestar everybody Galactica. knew what they were talking about. And now, by the way, on cable TV, as opposed to regular broadcast TV, they do allow some of those seven words. They allow like half of them. Okay, so you have no, none of the seven words except when you want. Pardon? You can say anything you want on HBO. I'm talking about the regular cable channels like USA Network. Oh, okay. Not the premium channels, the standard channels, USA Network, TNT. They allow half of the seven dirty words. On premium TV like HBO or Showtime or Stars, say anything you want. Anyway, before we do anything else, anything we want within limits, we've got Kirk McElhern of Kirkville.com. And we're talking about Apple's choice of family-friendly fare. Will it backfire on them in the 21st century? More to come on the Tech Night Owl Live. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Have you heard the warning from the dead doctors don't lie guy? I'm talking about Dr. Joel Wallach. He says if you have a four-inch medical chart, if you take prescription drugs for high cholesterol or high blood pressure, arthritis, joint pains, or other health issues, the medical profession is failing you. They're using you for an ATM machine. That's what he says. He has a free lecture revealing what pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know. There's been groundbreaking research and discoveries on how to effectively treat or eliminate over 900 different diseases naturally. And it's all in his free lecture called Deadly Recipe. You want it free? Call him toll-free at 855-79-YOUNG. You ready? 855-79-YOUNG. Dr. Joel Wallach, the dead doctors don't lie guy says there's no reason why we shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there. 
hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Bitcoin is losing crypto market share to other digital currencies. Bitcoin's astronomical rise has led to the creation of numerous competitors like Ethereum, Ripple, and Litecoin, which have also seen massive gains in value. According to Quartz, Bitcoin made up 85% of the crypto market one year ago, and today it has fallen to 36%. Remember, the only way to win in the casino is to take chips off the table. Call Miles Franklin at 866-485-4346 and let us show you how to quickly turn your Bitcoin into the 5,000-year-old safety of precious metals. Miles Franklin can quickly convert your Bitcoin to precious metals with one phone call at 866-485-4346. That's Miles Franklin celebrating our 29th year in business without ever receiving a customer complaint. Call us at 866-485-4346. Fast easy, safe, and convert your Bitcoin into gold with one phone call. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. The argument here, and it is kind of shown in the departure, I guess, forced departure of Brian Fuller as showrunner of Amazing Stories from Amblin Entertainment and Steven Spielberg for Apple's unnamed TV <laughs> service or channel or whatever, and whether Apple could do that. And I was pointing out that regular cable TV fare, not the premium, are kind of halfway into the seven dirty words. Even though they don't use those words, they get pretty provocative. Law and Order SVU for NBC, which is the last version of the Law and Order series that's still being shot. They may not use the words, but the themes are fairly provocative from time to time. Yeah, so, there's a big difference, I think, between words and themes. Um, but the themes are pretty know, provocative there, even though they're you know, keeping, even though the language is family friendly. Like Westworld, you could never have that on network TV or standard whatever cable you call those channels. So the key here is, though, and this is more important here, how far can they push the envelope if Apple is willing to do it before they leave the boundaries of what you can get on terrestrial TV? I guess they want to give you whatever CBS will give you or NBC, which is edgier. But even there, you can do quite a bit these days. 
without using the language. Well, if you say so. I don't watch a lot of, I don't watch broadcast TV at all. The, the TV series I get are, tend to be more the premium series. Um, the, the quality of any of these sort of week after week police procedurals is far below what I'm interested in watching on TV. Um, I watched a bit of Walking Dead. I watched a bit of the Game of Thrones and I got really bored by both of them because they're violence for the sake of violence. Um, but, you know, something like Breaking Bad, I was riveted by that. It's violent. It's it, it, The themes are difficult, you know, dealing drugs and all that. There are murders, but it's riveting TV. Something like True Detective, the, the first, I actually like the second season as much as the first. That's something that you're not going to get if you're limiting to a sort of family-friendly type of TV. I mean, they can become Disney. Uh, you know, they've got a thing with Reese Witherspoon coming up. Um, that would be fine if that's what they want, but that won't set them apart and make them. What Apple needs is something that makes people look to Apple for video programming and, and not like they're just not, not like when Netflix started streaming before they had anything original where they were just aggregating existing content. Apple needs to have something original because look at the long game here. Um, Apple Music's doing very well. It's going to keep increasing its its users. Um, Apple wants to add video content to get more people using its services and therefore buying its products. And and boring, bland video content isn't going to help. Now, I'm not saying they don't need, say, some children's programming, some things for teenagers, etc. But if they limit themselves to that, um, it's going to be harder to get the demographic that they're after to buy iPhones to sign up for a service. Okay. Now, obviously, Apple's experimenting with this. I know they're spending a billion dollars, supposedly. And we could assume here, over time, Apple could look at audience response and make a determination whether to make a few changes, right? Well, there's a big lead time on this, isn't there? Um, you, you don't make a TV series in three months. Um, what is it? I can imagine it takes at least a year to flesh out a project and get scripts and, and do pilots and shoot things. Um, so it's not something where they can just decide okay, well, it's February now. Maybe by April, we'll have something different. So it's it's a much longer process. Plus, Apple right now is currently getting people in the industry used to the idea of working with Apple. Um, so they have to build up a reputation. They have to build up um, a network of, of executives who are interfacing with these people who are used to working you know, with Hollywood. Um, and they're, because they're going into an industry that's entirely new to them. Yeah, but with a TV series... You're basically running just maybe a few weeks behind in terms of producing it. So you could always modify scripts a little bit to be a bit edgier if you think, oh, you know what, maybe we could push this towards the end of the first season. And if it works out and the second season will go further. It's a gradual experimentation. It isn't, well, it looks like if we can push the envelope a little bit, we'll get more watchers. It is, let's do the season, see how people react to it. And then on the basis of that reaction and how it goes, we can decide in the second season to make changes. They make cast changes in a TV series from season one to season two, or maybe even sometimes at the end of the season. Of course, these will be short seasons, like 10 to 13 episodes, which is more like Netflix does. It's not like you do on commercial TV, which is 22 or 23 episodes, which is grueling and which is impossible 
and which results, I think, in throwaway TV episodes. So I think it can be changed, but not at the start. Whatever Apple does is going to be done. Well, when you're talking about a three or four week lead time, that's basically for network TV. Um, For the kind of HBO stuff that we're talking about, I think they generally do a whole season before it starts being aired, or they've done most of a season. As, As you say, 10 or 13 episodes, it's not a long season. Um, so it's not the three or four week lead time. Probably uh, they they probably shoot it a lot more like they shoot film in the sense that they'll do a, a number of scenes from different episodes because they're in the same location or on the same sets. Um, it's certainly a lot more economical. Whereas your standard weekly police police pro, police procedural TV show is mostly in studio. And the location shots are relatively limited, so they don't have that. You know, again, think of something like Westworld. If you've watched it, there's a lot of outdoor, um, and 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 that's not easy to set up. It's not the same as working in a studio. But bear in mind here, when we talk about that, that once again, it depends on how they set this up. If they're going to do a host season in advance or at least get most of a season in advance and just fine-tune them as they go along and do the final special effects and post. In the early weeks, I agree with you. Like Netflix, they have a whole series ready for binge-watching. Will it be offered that way? Where here's all the episodes of the season, and you can watch them at once if you want to sit down there for 12 hours or whatever. So that would be a question. But still, I could see where if the first season doesn't do as well, they can afford a second season. Apple doesn't look at this as this season, we got to be perfect. They look at the long game. So they may realize that... You know as well as I do that a TV show, if it doesn't catch in a few episodes, it's dead. They can't put on a TV show hoping that it'll get picked up by a lot of viewers in the third season. That's rare. You know, Breaking Bad is actually interesting because they didn't start getting popular until the third season. AMC kept going with it because they really believed in it. I remember I first saw Breaking Bad. I had heard about it, and the premise just didn't seem interesting. And I believe it was in the third season when the iTunes store had the pilot for free, and I saw that, and that's when I immediately got hooked. But that's rare. Most TV series now, if it doesn't catch people in three or four episodes, then, well, it's over. That's true with broadcast TV. It's true to a lesser extent with cable TV shows where they pretty much commit to a season and go through it. More to come on the Tech Night Owl Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. The answer to being in control of your own health care is freedom from insurance. Become part of a group of self-pay patients that come together to share in each other's medical expenses. Individual share amounts begin at $107 a month and $347 for families. Choose from three health sharing programs. Holistic treatments may be eligible for sharing. See guidelines. Discount programs available for dental, vision, and pharmacy. Go to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. Hear that? 
That's the sound of a house being trashed while a gang of thieves ransack the place. And what they don't steal will be destroyed. This year, resolve not to be the next victim of a break-in. Go to faketv.com and discover a device that creates the illusion someone inside is watching TV, even when you're miles away. Security is a mindset, and fake TV should be part of your security solution. Be vigilant, but not fearful. faketv.com does the current world crisis in North Korea or our domestic crisis right here in America concern you? Well, I know it concerns me. My friends over at Legacy Food Storage have solutions in the event there's the inevitable. What's the inevitable? Civil unrest, a run on your local grocery store. And here's my question to you. If this happens, how do you feed your children? How do you feed your grandchildren? Legacy Food Storage has the solutions. In fact, they can help you implement a simple plan to take care of your needs in the event of the inevitable. By calling them right now, I have authorized them to give you a special 20% discount at checkout by simply using GCN. Call 888-543-7345 or visit them at LegacyFoodStorage.com. That's 888-543-7345 or visiting them at LegacyFoodStorage.com. Make sure you use GCN at checkout for an incredible 20% discount. Don't be a victim. Take control of your life now. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you can move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed, it's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. Non-attorney paid spokesperson. Could your house go into foreclosure? Are you behind on your mortgage payments? Does it seem like the bank has no interest in helping you save your home and you feel like you have nowhere to turn for help? Then we have good news for you. Foreclosure Protection Services can help save your home as they specialize in foreclosure assistance. That's all they do. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, being threatened with foreclosure, have been denied a loan modification, or been the victim of a predatory loan, it's critical that you call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-667-9035. Their network of attorneys and their agents are available to speak to you now. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, Foreclosure Protection Services can help stop the foreclosure process. Call today before it's too late. New laws are in effect that may save your home. Call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-667-9035. 800-667-9035. That's 800-667-9035. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. A reminder, we have a special version of this show called 
Tech Night Owl Plus, where we give you the program with better quality audio and free of network ads. For more information, go to plus.technightowl.com, plus.technightowl.com. We're talking about Apple's approach. As I was saying here, with a Netflix kind of series or Amazon Prime, they drop the whole season at once. It's not a week-by-week thing. Right. It's produced all at once. You can't make that determination because everybody's seeing it at once. There, you have to judge it season to season. If season one doesn't work quite the way you like it, you then make a decision, will we have a season two or will we make changes for season two? I don't know. I'm not going to judge what Apple should do because everything we're hearing is about rumor. We don't know what's really happening. We have rumors. We have a Hollywood reporter story that may or may not be true. We do know that in recent years, Brian Fuller hasn't had a good record of working on a TV series and staying there. We have three so far, this show and two others, where he didn't get along. So it may be a point of degree here as opposed to what Apple's approach is. They may not want it too edgy, but it doesn't mean they can't make it really interesting. We don't know. We're just guessing. Yeah, agreed. You know, it, it is something that Apple needs to decide about. What is their, what is the image that they're trying to present through video? Is it what they sell in the iTunes store, which is, you know, everything? Or is it um, something that is an attempt to be palatable to everyone? It, it's a tough choice. I wouldn't want to be the one to make it. So I think here we should see more about what's going to happen. And didn't Eddie Q say something about announcements are coming soon? He did, yeah. So we'll know more in a little while exactly what Apple is going to do. And we'll see then whether it is family-friendly, like Reese Witherspoon and Jennifer Aniston. That bores me to stiff. I also want to see what they do with the Ronald D. Moore show. Because I don't know who that is. He did Battlestar Galactica. Oh, right. Yeah. And he's also a Star Trek alumnus. And you think, what is he going to do with a sci-fi drama? How far will they push it? Will he use the word frack? Yeah. You know, that's the most well, important Battlestar thing. Galactica will will was... Ronald D. Moore use the word frack? There, nothing else is more important. Battlestar Galactica was not network, but it wasn't HBO or anything like that, right? It was sci-fi channel. Right. There was a lot of faux violence, um, no no nudity or anything like that. Um, it was, I guess it was family friendly, you could say. Exactly. But still, it could be edgier than you might expect. And it was a really good show. A lot of fun. And you should see, of course, Katie Sackhoff's turn as... A crazy villain with a British accent on The Flash, but I know you don't watch those shows. I don't watch The Flash. I haven't seen her in anything in in ages. I didn't even know she was still doing TV. I thought she'd retired. Katie Sackhoff is a woman in her 30s, but she did most recently Longmire, which was a procedural about a Wyoming sheriff. Okay. Oh, I think that's on Netflix, isn't it? It was purchased by Netflix, and they did two more seasons. I think it's six okay. seasons. I kind of like it. It's interesting. You know, I, it, it, the, the, the nice thing about it is the interaction and kind of the tension between the Native American community 
and the rest of the area, and it's a small town, Sheriff. It's based on novels written by a guy who lives in a town of 50 people. So he certainly knows, certainly knows plenty about small towns. Let's move to Apple stuff other than TV shows. HomePod. Tell me what you know about HomePod. Um, it's small and it plays music and apparently it's heavier than it looks. Um, and it plays music and you can use Siri, but you can't do much with Siri. And it plays music. And it plays music. Yeah. Can't forget that. I I think there are more questions than answers right now about HomePod. Um, we know what it sort of can play and, and, so initially, Apple didn't say that it could play things in your iCloud Music Library or iTunes Match, and then they said it can. But I, I wrote a piece pointing out how Siri is relatively useless at playing anything with a complicated name, a name of an artist or name of an album or whatever. Um, I, I'm not really confident that Siri is going to be is going to work very well with that. I, I mean, if you just want a playlist, ooh, play me a a cool playlist, then Siri's going to work fine. But otherwise, I, I think if you're trying to get specific music to play, it won't work very well. Well, one of the things is also we assume that they can fine-tune Siri over time based on the use pattern and see what they it's can not that. It's, it's, it's the recognition of you know names of things that aren't very easy. Um I'm particularly thinking of classical music because I listen to classical music, but also my Grateful Dead collection. Will Will Siri be able to um, play? Hey Siri, play me Grateful Dead 1972-0524, Lyceum Theater, London, England. Or what if I don't remember that it's the Lyceum Theater, London, England? Hey Siri, play Grateful Dead 1975, 1972-0524. Will it play that, or will it start playing something random? Again, I'm always an edge case with these things. Um, You are definitely an edge case. But when you look, it's just there are too many variables um, for Siri to understand. Um, Like, let's say, for example, I want to listen to some Miles Davis. And I know that I want to listen to this album, but I'm not sure what song it is. Or or here's an example. Um, Miles Davis' song called Two Bass Hit. And he's played it live on a number of albums. So play two bass hit by Miles Miles Davis. Well, I've got a number of live Miles Davis albums where he plays this. Um, how is it going to play the one that I want to play? And am I going to remember? The, the thing is, when you're looking at your iPhone or iTunes and you can see your library and when you're trying to find something and you don't remember what it's called, you can find it. With Siri, you can only get it to play when you remember what it is. And you've got to remember a pretty precise name or one extremely close um, to what Siri understands. So you want Siri to become telepathic? No. um, I want the iPhone to be able to load. I want the HomePod to be able to load your iTunes library and to be able to display it in the iPhone so you can browse it, not browsing on the iPhone to AirPlay to the HomePod, but browsing it from the HomePod so it plays directly, so it's not playing from your iPhone. Whether this is your local library or your iCloud Music library, the reviews, the reviews so far, what do they say about Siri's recognition ability? 
Well, I don't think anyone's really tried it on the type of um, examples that I've just mentioned. I think they've tried like play me death metal and it plays a playlist or or play me, you know, happy music and it plays a playlist. I haven't seen anyone really talk about um, whether they have succeeded in getting Siri to play things that are less easy to to get. And as I said, if you don't remember the name of an album, how are you going to get Siri to play it? Um, I'm looking at For You right now in iTunes. And For You is showing what I've played recently. And I played a new album because it was new. And I'd like to play it again. So here's an album by of music by Steve Reich. And the album's title in Apple Music is Steve Reich colon Pulse slash quartet dash EP. Now, how am I going to get Siri to know that? And how is Siri, how am I going to remember the exact title if Siri needs the exact title? And if it plays something different, then how am I going to be able to refine it to get what I want to hear? The Mystery of the Ages with Kirk McElhern. More to come on the Tech Night Owl Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. This is Dan Pillett. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Anytime, any place, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. 
Hawaii was a wake-up call. Don't be caught without a disaster shelter. Atlas makes an all-disaster shelter that will protect your family from fallout, tornadoes, and hurricanes for only $99.99. That also includes the NBC air filtration system, solid steel construction with an airtight bulletproof door. That's right, for $99.99 and up, call 1-855-4-BUNKER or go to IWantThatShelter.com. Atlas Survival Shelters, the world leader in fallout shelters. Warning, if you're drowning in debt you can't afford, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to pay it all back, because you don't. What the credit card companies don't want you to know is that there's actually a way to get debt-free without paying off your entire debt or going bankrupt. If you have $5,000 or more in credit card debt, you now have the right to let us settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. For free information, call Credit Associates now. 1-800-959-5759. We'll even show you how much money you could save. If you can't afford to pay off all your debt, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to. Call Credit Associates now for free information on how to get debt-free faster than you ever thought possible without debt consolidation or bankruptcy. We depend on your success and offer a guarantee, so there's no risk. For free information, call now. 1-800-959-5759. That's 1-800-959-5759. 1-800-959-5759. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNTeam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. I understand your point, Kirk, and I don't know whether any voice recognition service that isn't presenting you with a proper visual interface, and I guess the interface with iTunes would be the one, would be able to do something like this. And I'd it welcome... And that's, and that's why we need a visual interface. Okay, so that's the point there. Or it can show it on your Apple device, your other Apple device, the integration. This is something we're dealing with here where all I know about HomePod is what I read at Apple's site and in the current reviews. And I assume the same thing with you. At this point. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be getting mine tomorrow. So until then, I don't know very much. You know what? Why don't we leave it to the next time you join us and then sure. tell us well, where it fails it. and what you think Apple can do to make it better. Sure. Okay. That's good. I'd like the concept, and I hope it works in practice, of having a system with a built-in computer interface where it fine-tunes itself to give you the best quality sound. The problem here, which is admitted by Apple, is that this is automatic. You can't manually say, give me more bass, because you like it thumping. And, and you can't turn off their digital signal processing either. No. This is the way you get it. But if you don't like that approach, don't buy it. If you buy this product, you have to know what you're getting into, that it will figure it out for you and try to give you the best balanced sound 
in a particular area. You're the kind of person who likes to set his equalization flat and just let it play in its natural surroundings and the best it can do, then you might even like it. And I think most people will. If you are someone who really says, I need a little more spark in the treble and the mids, you know, I want to really hear those singers punch out there. You know, if you want that, you're not going to get it. Maybe in the future, Apple can provide that because I think it would just be a software style update. Say, you know what? Well, if people seem to want that, we'll have a future update where you have a manual control where you can say, Siri, boost the bass and Siri will boost the bass. I'm afraid to say Siri because my phone will freak out. Your phone just reacted. I heard that. Yes. But, (laughs) and it spells bass, B-A-S-E. Siri, you're stupid. All right. Yeah. Yep. You see what I'm saying here? I think that's something that can be added in software if customer response and even reviewer response says, we wish we could do this manually. And they probably will. Well, or could. I don't think most people are using this as their main listening device. So I'm really not convinced that that's a big problem. But of course, if, if the room you're listening in and the processing that they do don't sort of match, you might not like it because the sound is being altered from the way that you would like it. And you might like it better if you do have options like that. Well, I think the assumption here is that the computer is such that it can optimize itself to sound about the same regardless of the listening environment. That's the magic that it's promising here. The automatic setup means wherever I put it, In my home, it'll sound roughly the same. Right, but maybe that's not the way you want to hear it. Well, that's what I was saying. Then, therefore, if there's a demand for that, it's certainly theoretically possible for Apple to give you that option. Give me more bass, Siri. Give me more treble. Or offer some kind of fine-tuning for your personal tastes. Yep. It's no reason they can't do it if you really wanted it and if Apple decides it means something. But if one-eighteenth of one percent of the public wants it, they're not going to bother. No. What are you trying to find out, Gene Steinberg? <laughs> how I could shut you off. Can you hold okay. on? Okay. I found this on the web for how I could shut you off. I'm sorry I couldn't help it. No need to apologize. All right. Let's get back to reality here. Anyway... After you get your home pod, I'll be looking for your review and see what happens and see what we could do here. Ad blockers. You know what an ad blocker is, folks? That's where you set up a software or something, like an extension to a browser, and the sites with the ads won't display those ads. Now, Kirk, you have a commentary here. Ad blockers, the good, the bad, the ethics. My concern about ad blockers, Kirk, of course, is very mercenary. If people don't see the ads running on my site, I make less money. And I try then, therefore, not to put in ad styles that will offend people, which is part of the problem why we have an ad blocker and why we need ad blockers. Yeah, exactly. As I say in my article, um, if, if the ads were not annoying, we wouldn't be using ad blockers. Um, ads that move, that flash, um, these these um, autoplay videos, these fake news ads that you get at the bottom of the page. Um, all these things have just gone beyond simple advertisements 
to make it really hard to read. If I go to read a web page, I want to read it. If I go to look at pictures on a web page, I want to look at the pictures without being distracted by ads. Um, if it's an ad that is sitting there and just being an ad, that's one thing. But when they start moving around and changing and or when they're too big or when they pop up over the 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 the, the window, it's just this is just not good. Now, those of you who visit technightowl.com or Kirkville, we have you know, some limited animation, not much, and mostly stationary ads. Like right now, there's an animated ad for a car dealer on my site. So it's like a slideshow. Every five or six seconds, it switches to another display of the cars they have available and the price. It's not really too distracting. You barely yes, notice it. it. You yes, think it's it distracting? If I'm trying to read something, once something moves, my eye is drawn to it. And if every five seconds my eye is drawn away from what I'm reading, I'll close the window. Well, it depends on where the location of that ad is. If, if, it's, if it's on the screen and I can see it, it will attract my attention. This is the way the human brain works. And this is why these ads move, because they make you look. You see something move, and it's like you've just seen a tiger in the woods, and you have to look to see what it is. Well, you know what? Here's how it goes. We don't use very fast animation. We use limited animation on a few of the banners. I haven't had a complaint ever about any ad we've run on our site. And our site's been up since 1999 in different forms. Never a single complaint. So whatever we're doing, it's not excessive enough. And I think if it got to a point where it was excessive, I can easily block some ad types. So well, I you understand your point. I don't disagree with your point. I think if, if you feel it's distracting, that's your decision. And if it looks like no, people don't like it, that's fine. It's distracting, and that's why the ads move. Um, but you're, you're less likely to have people complain than just leave the site and not come back. What we do, ha however, offer is you an ad blocker it. notice. And the uh, notice is this. It just says it comes up like the first time where you're given a choice there of whether you want to disable your ad blocker for our site. And we tell you, you're using it. We see you using an ad blocker. You understand the ads provide some of our income. And we'd like you to, you know, consider whether to, it says it more simply, consider whether to disable your ad blocker for us. We'll leave it there. But I understand the point. The point here is, is it making a dent? And I understand the logic behind it. Is it making a dent to encourage sites to use less offensive advertising? Well, for now, sites are using more offensive advertising because no one's clicking on ads and they're trying to attract more people. Um, I, I think, however, there's, I, I didn't look for the numbers, but there's an extremely high percentage of people who are using ad blockers. More and more people who aren't like you and me and know about these things are learning about them. And they discover how much easier it is to read. Um, imagine you're on a mobile device and it's slower to load pages and it costs you more because you have limited data. Um, people quickly realize that ad blockers save them time and money. And and just one more thing is that ad blockers have um, is that ads have occasionally served up malware, um, making them more than just annoyances, but making them downright dangerous. I also think here. And this is on the people who run the sites. You need to be careful of your sources. I don't worry so much about Google. Whatever we think about Google, you know, their ads are going to be safe. 
from malware. When you're dealing with a third-party company, you should be careful and you should watch out for third-party networks that agree to serve up ads for your site because you don't know who they are. And well, sometimes they'll give you, you references, but ads, who knows? You say that Google ads are safe. Um, very recently, Google was found to be serving ads on YouTube that were Bitcoin miners. And what that does is it loads some JavaScript in your browser and uses the CPU on your computer or your iOS device as much as possible to do Bitcoin mining. And this was through Google's ad network. Let's go into that in a moment on the Tech Night Out Live. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Fully cooked, ready-to-eat bacon. I'm talking thick, meaty, center-cut, presidential bacon. Savory and delicious. I buy some, I use some, I store some. Awesome. No refrigeration needed with a 10-year shelf life. NASA pack technology. Bacon. Fully cooked, fully hydrated, ready-to-eat right from the pack bacon. Or warm and served. Life-saving, ready-to-eat bacon. 10-year shelf life bacon. Ships free at FullyCookedBacon.com. FullyCookedBacon.com. It's a no-brainer. A Big Berkey water filter is the one you need, period. You need a water filter that removes chlorine, fluoride, pharmaceuticals, BPA, and other endocrine disruptors, pesticides, bacteria, viruses, and much more, right? And does it all at only two cents per gallon. Get the original and most trusted name in gravity water filtration, Big Berkey. And now GCN listeners receive 5% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN. Call or click 1-877-99-BERKEY or BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Okay, so Google, in this case, served up a Bitcoin miner. I would guess that after people complained, they stopped. Of course they did. Right. But the question you have to Google. ask then is, does Google care? Do they vet the ad in advance and sometimes just get fooled? Or do they I, just put anything up there figuring that if enough people complain, they'll bring it down, but they'll still make all the money? Well, I think Google Ads is pretty much automated. They probably have a, a sort of a review process that focuses on keywords and links and things like that. But I can't imagine that Google is checking every ad unless people report them. So it's then 
a crowdsourcing kind of thing. That unless something is overtly false, they'll let it up unless or until customers complain. Yeah. I suppose that's possible. Unlike Apple, when they review iOS apps, they run them through a process. This is, I'm sure some of it is automated, but a lot of it isn't. A lot of it is manual. And some things do get through, but it's, it's a lot rarer than what happens in these ad networks. Like I said, overall, I haven't had any problem with Google, though I can see the potential of an occasional ringer getting in there. But I'm very careful about running ads from ad networks. Yeah. And that's the most important thing, because there are some out there. I get offers all the time. You probably do as well. An email. Yeah. Wouldn't you like to try this? We represent thus and so. and We have all these companies who work with us with great, humongous success. I, as I said, do not know about them. So I pretty much avoid them. I'd rather try to get real money from a real advertiser, not depend on trusting a third party to give me the income I should be getting. I don't know from looking at their stats, whether when it's paying me for 400 clicks, I really got 900. I have no idea. Yeah. It's all black magic, all this stuff. And there is, as you say, a measure of trust. Should you trust these people to do that? And if you do trust these people, will you know when they rip you off? And that's the concern I've always had about that. So I just don't try them. I mean, for the radio show, we use Blueberry and PodTrack, and they will occasionally provide advertising for us, and they pay us on a certain basis, like number of downloads or something like that, so many dollars per download. But the advertisers we get are legitimate blue-chip A-class advertisers that you hear everywhere. Anyway, let's move on. I think we've had enough about ad blockers. I understand why we have to have them, and hopefully the advertisers will become less desperate, and the sites will become less desperate, and maybe then things will work better. Here's a story you did. And it's a response to a guy over at Macworld, whom I think is just putting up stuff to get clicks. I think Macworld's quality has gone down since it went all digital and since they fired most of their writers. And the one we're talking about here is Michael Simon. I have loads of bones to pick with him because he comes up with stuff that's nonsense. Like, should Apple have a free tier for Apple Music? And you... Make a point there where, why? Spotify is cited as an example. Look, Spotify has twice as many paid members as Apple Music. Spotify is also losing money every year, hundreds of millions of dollars. And unless they can keep the cash flow going, how long can that business plan work? Remember, with a free tier, unless you get enough ad income... It's not going to pay for itself. No, you pay the record labels. This is a very important thing. People always talk about artists getting paid, but artists don't get paid unless they are self-publishing their music. It's their record labels who get paid and who then eventually screw the artists. So well, of course, of but we're saying the point is here is they have to pay a royalty for every royalty. song they played. They much less for an ad-supported service than they do for straight streaming. Right. And the problem that we see here is he thinks, therefore... By having a free tier, you maybe get more conversions or something like that. Ultimately, more people will subscribe. I guess if you assume eventually they'll f- want to give up the ads, and the only way to give up the ads is to subscribe. But people have been listening to free radio for years with ads. 
And if they want to subscribe, they can go to Sirius XM in the U.S. and Canada, satellite radio, and get free music because the music doesn't have commercials. So there are ways to do it. The difference is streaming services are a la carte where you get to choose what you listen to. Radio is a push medium. You can only listen to what a given radio station is playing. So that limits your choice. Whereas Apple Music, I think they're saying they got 40 million tracks. You can listen to, I won't say everything, but pretty much almost everything. Well, that's the point right there. When you have commercials interspersed with them, I think that's annoying. And I think the people who... And I think the people on Spotify who use a free tier probably run the music in the background because you're not going to engage as much if the music is going to be interspersed with commercials. If you set up your own playlist and you choose the songs you want, that's going to discourage you. And if you're discouraged, you're not going to listen to it as carefully. It'll be background music, like I said. And if it's background music, you may never convert then to a paid subscriber. You're just not going to care. If you subscribe and you have that investment and you have the privilege of downloading 99.9% of the music out there, then you may engage a lot more, listen a lot more to what you're doing, and that justifies your price. I don't think... You can't necessarily listen more. There's only a certain number of hours in the day that you can listen. But you'll be Um, more engaged in what you're listening to. It is a different type of consumer that's not just using the music as wallpaper and it's not just playing a bunch of playlists that someone has set up. It's it's people who are going to be more likely to listen to a wider variety of music. Um, and 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 that's a good thing. And, and I think Apple made it very clear early on that they didn't want a free tier because they want musicians to keep playing music. Um, and, and, and dumbing down the music to what you can get on a free tier because you don't care about music. So you just, you, you know, use Spotify discover or, a bunch of basic playlists um, that that just that's like a funnel. It just it doesn't you, you're not you're not into the music. You're just using it, as you say, background wallpaper. Well, that's why I said that's the point. The point is here also is with Spotify, what percentage of those people with the free tier actually say, you know what, I'm going to join the service. I haven't checked their financial reports, but I wonder if that's something they're going to mention. They might mention that half the people who sign up with Spotify have ordered paid subscriptions. So that might be a point right there. But we're not going to necessarily know that as outsiders as to how that works. And I wonder also how much money they're making or losing from having a free tier, having to pay record company royalties. How much income do they get from advertisers? Do advertisers want to put ads on a service such as that? I guess I'll have to join the free tier of Spotify and find out what kind of advertising is going there. If I have the time, you know, if I don't have the time, I'm sure I have other things I can do. Better ways to waste my time, better ways not to spend my money. Or maybe I'll sign up to Apple Music for three months and see whether I should continue it or not. What Apple does, which is better, is to give you 90 days of free Apple Music where you use all its features, and then you make a decision. Well, you know, is this something I'd like to listen to? I'd like to continue. And then you decide to continue your subscription. And, of course, one of the things that um, we were talking about earlier about video content, 
this is most likely going to be rolled into Apple Music, whether or not there'd be a separate subscription for Apple Music and Apple Video or whatever they call it. This is part of what Apple wants to get you to pay up for whatever this service is. And Spotify can't do video. They can't afford to do video. They're losing money, as you say. Um, they don't have the infrastructure. They could, if they had a few billion dollars, they could eventually do video. No one is preventing them, but it's not in, they don't have the, when you look at Apple, you think of the iTunes store and you think of everything that's there. So adding video to Apple music would not be surprising. Um, for Spotify, it would be totally different. We got more to come. One more segment with Kirk McElhern. I'm the tech night owl live. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Non-attorney paid spokesperson. Could your house go into foreclosure? Are you behind on your mortgage payments? Does it seem like the bank has no interest in helping you save your home? And you feel like you have nowhere to turn for help? Then we have good news for you. Foreclosure Protection Services can help save your home as they specialize in foreclosure assistance. That's all they do. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, being threatened with foreclosure, have been denied a loan modification, or been the victim of a predatory loan, it's critical that you call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-667-9035. Their network of attorneys and their agents are available to speak to you now. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, Foreclosure Protection Services can help stop the foreclosure process. Call today before it's too late. New laws are in effect that may save your home. Call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-667-9035. 800-667-9035. That's 800-667-9035. Hawaii was a wake-up call. Don't be caught without a disaster shelter. Atlas makes an all-disaster shelter that will protect your family from fallout, tornadoes, and hurricanes for only $99.99. That also includes the NBC air filtration system, solid steel construction with an airtight bulletproof door. That's right, for $99.99 and up, call 1-855-4-BUNKER or go to IWantThatShelter.com. Atlas Survival Shelters, the world leader in fallout shelters. It's been said, any society is only three missed meals away from chaos. Those times may be near. Think about it. Our country faces multiple terrorist threats and aggressions from Russia and North Korea. Social unrest and violent marches yet again may lead to looting of stores and city shutdowns. And our crumbling infrastructure leaves our power grid vulnerable to long-term outages from a single cyber attack. When the chaos from any one of these threats arises, the government knows it can't provide during a widespread national emergency. That's why you need your own plan for 
self-reliance. That's where My Patriot Supply comes in. Get a four-week survival food supply for only $99. That includes breakfast, lunches, and dinners. Order online at preparewithgcn.com. $99 for four weeks of survival food that tastes like homemade cooking and lasts up to 25 years from My Patriot Supply. Get your kits today at preparewithgcn.com. Free shipping is included. Preparewithgcn.com. One out of four people listening to my voice right now could die from heart disease. This could be your last year, and you don't even know it because you don't know the early warning signs. If you think you're safe because your cholesterol levels are normal, think again, because studies show that 75% of heart attack patients also had normal cholesterol levels. Let me introduce you to Strauss Heart Drops, a world-famous heart and brain formula made in Canada. It's time-tested and will give you clinical results in 90 days or your money back. Learn more at signsofheartdisease.com. They are shipping free this month. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. We're going to have one more segment here with Kirk McElhern. In our next half of the show, we'll hear from Rob Pegarero, who writes for usatoday.com, writes for Yahoo Tech, Wirecutter. He's even done stuff for Consumer Reports, believe it or not. He's the best part of that. That's Rob Pegarero. I'll bet you're going to talk to Rob about the SpaceX launch. I bet I am. I know he was there watching it. How do you know he was there? Oh, he wrote an article. No, oh, he was tweeting about it on Twitter. Ah, he was. I think he was three miles away from the launch site. But you'll ask him later. I'll ask him if he saw any UFOs. I don't think he saw UFOs. I think he saw a car flying up into space. You did. That's fascinating. Anyway, let's continue here with maybe one more thing, because we hardly talked about Apple except for the TV and the music. And I agree with you. Probably what we'll have here is Apple Music and TV. It'll be a value-added extra for Apple Music. Yeah, I can't see Apple having enough video content early on to make it a separate subscription service. If they make it an add-on, say $3 a month, you're unlikely to get a lot of people who go for it, or maybe people will, will subscribe for a few months and then cancel. They need to be able to say they've got 30 million subscribers to Apple Music, and these same 30 million people can watch the video. That's what they need. And that, in the end, may pay for itself with extra subscriptions because then they're standing way above Spotify. They're saying, well, you not only just get the same music for a similar price, you're getting these you're getting brand more. new original TV shows as part of your package. And to Apple spending a billion dollars a year or $5 billion a year to produce original TV content is nothing. It's like me spending three cents on something. Well, uh, imagine... If this, the guy who did Battlestar Galactica, if his series turns out to be something really, really good, this could get people to switch from Spotify to Apple because they say, well, hey, I can get that series there and I'll get the same music because they they, they don't have different music that much. There aren't that many exclusives. And, and this could be the, the tipping point for Apple to get more subscribers. And, you know, it's funny, there, there are some articles, not just the Macworld one, but others talking about, you know, Spotify has more subscribers and, and they have been around longer. 
But Apple doesn't care. They're playing a long game. They're not looking to build subscribers overnight. I mean, how long has it been? Two years? They've got 30 million already? That's an awful lot of subscribers. I think they're more than happy to continue their growth at the speed that it's growing. Um, because as I mentioned in my article, Spotify only sells Spotify. Apple makes all its money from iPhones. So Apple Music is just, you know, a small part of Apple's business. It's not their entire business. And they can afford to let this grow organically rather than trying to rush into it. Well, I think that's where our friend Michael Simon is making a mistake. I think what he's doing there is basically writing stuff of, oh, my God, Apple's a big screw up and I know better. And the answer is, I am sure, and I said this in my article, I know you had your comments, that Apple has looked into all sorts of possible marketing methods for Apple Music. It didn't just take Beats Music and call it Apple Music with a new interface. They looked at ways to market this service. And this is what they came up with. If they decided it would be better to do something else, They'd make more money, draw more attention, which is the most important thing to the Apple ecosystem and sell more gear. They do something else. Simple. Well, they already changed Apple Music um, quite a bit since the first version. Right. That's what I said. This is a work in progress. They have been modifying it. They've been improving the interface, which wasn't so great at the beginning. They already are making changes and seeing how people react to it and getting a sense of what people like, what people prefer. And they can make ongoing changes. It's just software. They can always change what you get. If they decide that they want to use a different marketing plan, they'll do it. If the TV thing works to build more traffic or whatever goal they have in mind, they'll do it. But I agree with you. I think that's the best way. I don't think it works as just something that's more content on iTunes. It doesn't make it special. The only way you make it special is to offer it in a way that is unique, but doesn't force people to pay another $10 a month over everything else for another streaming service. If you're already interested in Apple Music, it's part of that. It's a value extra. I don't think at this point that makes much sense, although it's happening, for companies to make more $5, $10, $15 a month streaming services because people are hitting overload as it is. Overload, I don't know, but there are too many streaming services and most people subscribe to, well, most people who subscribe, who don't use ad-supported, certainly have a music streaming service and also at least one video service. And so many people use Amazon Prime, so they get videos there as well. In a way, there's too many for most people to manage. And I'm not even counting all the cable stuff that you you may have in the States. There's going to be a time when there's going to be a reckoning. And what what I would be very interested in seeing is can Apple make a streaming service, and, and this would have to be a separate price, but can they make a streaming service that would include much or all of the content in the iTunes store? Um, as we know, video streaming is is really unlike music streaming, where for music it's 99% of the music available, whereas for movies it's 1% or 2%. That um, would require only- a lot of different sorts of agreements with the entertainment companies. It it would. And you've still got windowing of, you know, what's new, what's recent, what could be streamed and what can only be rented and sold. But I think we'll eventually get there. Apple has the infrastructure to serve all of that content. They've already got it. um, Unlike Netflix and Amazon. And, you know, maybe that's Apple's long game in 10 years from now 
is to have something that really covers a lot of video instead of the limited amounts of video that we have um, from Netflix and Amazon and, and other services. That would be like creating an Apple Music version with a TV movie format. In other words, the Apple TV and movie counterpart or version of Apple Music with the same kind of focus. A new plan that would provide all the TV content you want, all the movies you want. And when you watch them, of course, the entertainment companies get a royalty. So it's not like they're losing out to offer these things. And that would be original. Not like Netflix, but basically doing what they're doing with music now. Offering everything on a streaming basis and with these value-added extras as original content. But remember, Apple plays a long game. Look at the long game with Apple Watch, which they said was unsuccessful, but now the sales last year were estimated at 18 million and was only 2 million or so less than the iPhone sold in its third year. So whatever we say about Apple Watch... Yeah, this is an estimate by some analyst who just wants to get attention. That's Canalis. It's probably not far off the mark. I think any analyst can come up with you know, 20% of what they really sold. And Apple said 50% over the previous year, and they said 54%. So it wasn't that far off. Kirk, where can we find more of your stuff? You can find me at kirkville.com. That's my website, Kirkville. And you can listen to my music podcast, The Next Track, and that's at nexttrack.com. Kirk McElhern, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live. Thanks for having me again, Gene. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNloans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNloans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNloans.com. That's GCNloans.com. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Message and data rates may apply. You don't follow the herd. You blaze your own trail. And you're as adventurous in the kitchen as you are in life. Whether it's paddleboard yoga or Peruvian steak, you're the first to try new things. So are we. We're Green Chef, the first USDA-certified organic meal kit delivery service. We offer delicious meal plans for seven different lifestyles. Paleo, gluten-free, keto, vegetarian, vegan, carnivore, and omnivore. Want to be the first of your friends to try Green Chef? Discover our exclusive introductory deal by texting the keyword FUN66 to 543-543. We believe that cooking, just like life, should be all about experience and flavor. And by exploring dinner options with Green Chef, you'll try new recipes, techniques, and ingredients for bold new restaurant-level flavors. It's like enjoying a new cooking class, but in your own home. To experience this culinary adventure, text now and discover our exclusive introductory deal. Text FUN66 to 543-543. That's F-U-N-66 to 543-543. 
Are you still looking for that one iodine that you can really trust? A medical doctor endorsed product that is backed by honest research and true integrative science. Then search no further. Go to Nutramedical.com for Dr. Bill Deagle's Nutriodine, proven time and time again to be the very best iodine available for you. Nutriodine is the only Tesla-activated monatomic plasma iodine in the world. It optimizes mitochondrial function and generation of new mitochondria from totally neutralizing the venom from a desert recluse spider bite in Southern California to eliminating malaria parasites reported by medical missionaries in Central India. Dr. Bill's Nutriodine is simply the most powerful healing formula there is. Nutriodine clears the body of all known pathogens, restores it to an alkaline state, and even promotes stem cell regeneration. Order Dr. Bill's Nutriodine today at 888-212-8871 or visit us online at Nutramedical.com. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy. Have you ever wondered why farmers can keep their livestock lean and healthy just by feeding them minerals in a nutrient-dense diet? Before market, they cut off their minerals, leaving them to crave high-calorie grains to fatten them up. So if weight control is this easy, why does the medical system prescribe invasive surgical gastric bypass for humans? The truth be told, according to research, you can avoid over 900 different diseases just by getting 90 essential nutrients daily. Check us out on the web at sonsoflibertyteam.com and order your Healthy Start Pack and get your 90 for life. Or dial 855-301-TEAM. I said essential, not optional, and every day. Easy. 90 for life on the web at sonsoflibertyteam.com or call 855-301-TEAM. That's 855-301-TEAM. That's 855-301-TEAM. Check us out on the web at sonsoflibertyteam.com at sonsoflibertyteam.com. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. We have Rob Pegarello here, and Rob didn't go into outer space. But I understand you witnessed the SpaceX launch this past week. Yes, sir. I flew down to Orlando from D.C. Monday morning, uh, saw the launch Tuesday afternoon, then flew up to New York Wednesday morning. Exciting week all around. Can you give us some specifics here? I've seen these things on television. I've never been on location. Okay. Well, my short answer is as to, you know, what is it like to see a rocket launch? The only thing that's terrible about a rocket launch is the certainty that the rest of your day cannot be as awesome as what you just saw. Uh, yeah, it was, I've, this is not the first time I've been to the Kennedy space center. I was privileged to see the last two space shuttle launches once as a member of a tweet up NASA organized for STS one thirty four, the second to last mission. And then I got a press pass to cover the very last one to write about the tweet up experience where complete strangers share rented houses uh, rental cars, whatever, because how else are you going to keep costs manageable when you're going to the Space Coast with maybe 100,000 other people? But this was the first time I've been back there since 2011. Uh, I've been following SpaceX's exploits for a while, and then I thought, you know, it, it's an interesting story, even outside of the space angle, given that the Falcon Heavy rocket that Elon Musk's company developed, probably developed. They, they didn't have a government contract for it. They've gambled something like 
half a billion dollars of their own money to build this thing. And so the question was, you know, here they have the most powerful rocket in terms of payload since the Saturn V. And this is their first try. How's it going to go? Is this the one he wants to send to Mars? No, that's the even bigger one. You know, Musk is a guy with big ideas and big dreams. So in, in this case, Falcon Heavy, I think, in the original business plan, or even going back like three or four years, it was going to split about half the business between this and the Falcon 9, the one that does most of the regular launches and, you know, has become an, an amazingly reliable and uh, routine launch vehicle. As it turns out, they kept on making Falcon 9 more capable with engine upgrades, you know, construction tweaks. So now it can launch most of the payloads that Falcon Heavy was originally going to take. So right now, it looks like the big rocket stock and trade is going to be very large Defense Department satellites, certain commercial birds that are too big to fit on the Falcon 9. And it looks like NASA will be able to make a lot of use of this because, you know, if you want to send a large spacecraft to Mars or Saturn or Jupiter or whatever, uh, this can do it. And, you know, it could do it, you know, maybe you won't need to have the spacecraft do a bunch of gravity-assisted slingshots past Jupiter to make their way to the outer planets. You can just shoot it directly there, which is also good since NASA, their big rocket, the Space Launch System, is now not supposed to launch until 2020. And they're going to spend a whole lot more than half a billion dollars getting that one ready. What do you think about it this way? Whatever he can do as a private business the government will do it for 10 times more money (laughs) yes i mean there's definitely interesting subtext there but you know this it should you know there's no reason that government should have a monopoly on space travel and with the falcon heavy musk has been able to you know basically match what other governments have done and of course this is a partially reusable rocket you know, I'll, I'll give you the sort of whole walk through the launch experience in a minute, but I did get to see the first two, the two side booster stages return to the Kennedy Space Center. And just getting reusing a rocket stage at all, <laughs> the only space agency that's been able to do that was NASA with the shuttle and the solid, solid rocket boosters. They basically had to get rebuilt from scratch when they were plucked out of the ocean. Uh, and there was no concept of. You know, let's have this rocket land on its tail like a pencil landing on its eraser with landing legs that deploy. It's a scene out of science fiction. And now this is just how things get done. You see, that's something that we keep forgetting from the earliest days watching spaceships land. It wasn't the situation where we'd lose the spaceship after launch. They simply made a landing. It's not that it was perfect necessarily. But they've reached a point here where they can do it fairly consistently, and that immediately reduces the cost of these things big time. Yep. And that is the science fiction concept right there. Well, I don't know. Do you want to go to Mars? <laughs> yeah, I would settle for going to Earth orbit first. You know, it's it's a long trip to Mars. Um, but, you know, if anyone's listening at uh, SpaceX PR who if you happen to have a seat free for a journalist on when you start flying the manned version of the Dragon capsule, give me a call. You know where to reach me. Well, there you go. I don't know if I want to go that way. You know, my preferred method of travel, let me tell our listeners this. I've mentioned it before on the PowerCast. My preferred method of travel would be the Stargate. You just enter the thing, go through a wormhole, come out at the other end in about 
30 seconds. You first. <laughs> well, I would assume by the time I got to it, they would have perfected the technology. Okay. Right. So you are watching the landing. Give us the play-by-play. So I'll start with the whole thing. So the Falcon Heavy was supposed to launch. They had a launch window going from one thirty to 4 o'clock Tuesday afternoon. And, you know, space shuttle launches had lots of constraints. You know, you had to have clear weather so the shuttle could return to land at the shuttle landing facility runway if needed. Um, you know, there were people on board it had a very precise window to be able to make its rendezvous with the International Space Station. The Falcon Heavy just needed to go straight up and send Elon Musk's Tesla Roadster <laughs> inside the payload fairing on you know a one-way trip out of Earth orbit. So there weren't there weren't quite that quite that many issues to worry about. But from one thirty on, people were saying, well, the upper upper atmosphere winds are a little too strong, and even for a rocket, that would be an issue. So they're like, well, we can't launch right yet. We're going to push back that launch to 2.10, 2.30. At a certain point, they, they said, they stopped the clock, said, we're, we're going to reevaluate, see what's going on. And I was thinking, you know, I don't have to head up to this conference in New York and plan to attend. I can certainly, you know, rearrange my schedule. But I want this thing to launch today because <laughs> what if they scrub tomorrow as well? Then I'm really in a pickle. Uh, finally, uh, when they... They had to start fueling the rocket about an hour and a half before launch. So at about 2.15, when they were running out of time, they said, okay, weather is clear. Let's start loading propellants. And that's when things started to get exciting. The countdown clock is ticking down. I was trying to sort of focus on other work in the press room. Finally, about 20 minutes to go, I stepped outside, and you see this clock. The rocket is about three miles away from the press site at Kennedy Space Center. There's a big American flag to the left, and then you just get this massive jolt of adrenaline right through your chest looking at that scene. Uh, it ticks down 10 minutes, 5 minutes, 2 minutes, 1 minutes. And this is the thing about seeing a rocket launch, which you don't see on TV. Launches seen in person initially happen in silence because the sound is going to take about 15 seconds to reach you. So you see this incredibly bright light burst as this thing eases up off the pad really slowly and then starts going straight up faster and faster. And then the sound wells up and starts rushing at you across the water. It's like this gigantic wave of noise, the sort of drumming coming closer and closer. And then this thunderous crackle just rushes right over you and you feel it with your entire body. And meanwhile, you're watching this thing just shoot straight up into a clear blue sky and just become this bright glowing dot. It's amazing. Oh, boy. Watching, well, the resurrection of the space program. I kind of think it really died off when they stopped the moon landings and went to space shuttles. And I thought that was so unfortunate because all the visions in science fiction mention a specific continuing space program where, okay, we'll do more moon stuff and then we'll go to Mars. We wouldn't have this long-term interruption. And I'm blaming that on Richard Nixon for uh, trimming uh, NASA's ambitions in the early 70s. I remember, he was not a crook. Anyway, Rob Pecoraros joins us, <laughs> and we'll talk more about the SpaceX launch and some other stuff, including HomePod, on the Tech Night Owl Live. <laughs> for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today.
Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First game attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. It's a no-brainer. A Big Berkey water filter is the one you need, period. You need a water filter that removes chlorine, fluoride, pharmaceuticals, BPA, and other endocrine disruptors, pesticides, bacteria, viruses, and much more, right? And does it all at only two cents per gallon. Get the original most trusted name in gravity water filtration, Big Berkey. And now GCN listeners receive 5% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN. Call or click 1-877-99-BERKEY or BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Are you happy washing your hands with harsh chemicals? Are you happy doing laundry with detergents? Are you happy paying high prices? Find your happiness with Pure Soap. These all-natural, earth-friendly Pure Soaps are the very best you've ever used. Buy in bulk. Get a 12, 36, or 48-month supply. Or get items individually and still save big. You're getting soap products twice as good as what you're using now. Earth-friendly and natural soaps. Your family deserves the best. Happiness is 5starsoap.com. Why not put your money up the drain for a change? See them at 5starsoap.com or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. Cal Bend Soap Company can save you thousands of dollars and give you good old-fashioned real soaps that are triple concentrated. Soaps made from vegetable and coconut oils. See their full selection of soaps at 5starsoap.com. That's F-I-V-E starsoap.com. Or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. The March of Dimes and HCA Healthcare are committed to the best possible start for every baby. I'm Amy Casseri, Vice President of HCA Women and Children's Services, where we have the honor of delivering over 200,000 babies a year. We partner with the March of Dimes on research and fundraising to help build a brighter future for babies everywhere. So march with us on one of the many HCA teams assembled nationwide. Learn more at marchforbabies.org backslash HCA. 
What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. Continue on the Tech Night Out Live with Rob Picarero, who was there, SpaceX, <laughs> watching the latest effort in getting us back into space big time. What else can you tell us? So seeing the two stages landing, the two side boosters, the center booster was supposed to land out in the Atlantic on the autonomous drone ship, which itself is a crazy thing to think about. Uh, that one, it... Uh, burned fuel a little too fast and wound up splashing into the water, didn't make it. The two side boosters, you know, we were sort of standing around thinking, okay, they're supposed to land about seven minutes after launch. And at that point, the Falcon Heavy rocket has gone from view. And we're looking at them. And finally, people, we see these two bright glowing dots way up in the sky. That was the initial burn. And then they're sort of making their way downhill towards us. The actual landing pads were maybe like three, four miles to the south on the Air Force side of Cape Canaveral. And finally, we see them again just over this tree line, these two bright dots. They're, they're, they're the center rocket engine in each one breaking them as they're getting ready to land. And as I'm watching this, people around me are saying, wait for the sonic boom. And then I thought, I've never heard a sonic boom before. What's it going to sound like? And then this crack just punched through the sky. Bam, bam, bam. And you could almost, I think I could hear some building rattling. It was probably the vehicle assembly building, the 525-foot-tall structure inside which NASA assembled the Saturn V and the space shuttle. And I thought, okay, that's what a sonic boom sounds like. It's pretty loud. I've heard them. I've heard sonic booms once or twice. It wasn't a UFO. UFOs travel in silence. Of anyway. course. So some more insights before we move on. So, yeah, now that SpaceX has done this, you know, it's it's interesting because a lot of people in, you know, sort of traditional space at first, and you can't totally blame them, were thought, you know, who is this kid, Elon Musk, coming in here? He has no background in this. He has his, his fingers in so many pots at any one time. There's SpaceX, there's Tesla, there's the boring company, <laughs> experiment in urban tunneling. Um, you know, he's selling flamethrowers on Twitter. What is this guy up to? And yeah, they had a rough start. One, their very first rocket, only like 75 feet tall, first three launches failed. On the fourth launch, and they were basically about to run out of money, they got this thing to lift off and go into orbit, and it was the first privately built rocket to do that. And then the Falcon 9, that was, you know, a ride behind schedule. People said, sure, let's see you do this. And at the time, there was no thought that, oh, this is going to be reusable, it's going to do all these sci-fi things, it's just... Here is our rocket. We can put your satellite into, or, into Earth orbit for less than everyone else. Here's our price. Publicly listed, $62 million per launch. And meanwhile, the traditional in, – in the U.S., until then, all rocket launches pretty much were done by a company called United Launch Alliance, which, which is a joint venture of Boeing and Lockheed Martin. And, you know, the, I guess they charge the prices you can charge when the alternative is you could you can go to the European Space Agency and their Ariane rocket, which launches at French Guiana. You can go with the Russians, buy a ride in a proton rocket out of uh, Kazakhstan or wherever, or, uh, you know, go with the Chinese. And the U.S. Air Force <laughs> is not going to do that. Uh, a lot of U.S. companies might not want to do that. 
SpaceX dramatically undercut their pricing, and they've made the Falcon 9 into a very reliable vehicle. There was one explosion in flight, a rapid unscheduled disassembly. Took some time to figure out what was wrong, returned to flight. SpaceX got a contract to deliver cargo to the space station and then bring it back on the Dragon capsule, and they've done that. Uh, And now they've got a contract along with Boeing to take astronauts to the ISS. And that is what I am most looking forward to next from that company, because we have had to outsource that work to the Russians since the last shuttle flight in 2011. And while I have nothing but the utmost appreciation for Russian cosmonauts and Russian engineers, I don't know that we need that country in the critical path of human space exploration for the United States. And SpaceX and Boeing will be able to do something about it, and it looks like SpaceX will be able to do that before Boeing. They need to have a launch of the crewed version of the Dragon capsule by the end of this year, you know, start taking astronauts to the ISS sometime in 2019, hopefully before or at least in the first half of the year. Of course, the politics with Russia are so difficult now, more than at any time in recent years. So it makes sense if we can do it here. We don't have to worry about that. So at this point, have you looked into the future plans from SpaceX as to what they're going to do next? So their big venture is what's called the BFR, Big Falcon Rocket, which is this two-stage vehicle that will be designed to take a lot of people, a lot of cargo into Earth orbit, uh, have the first stage be fully reusable. It's very sci-fi if it if the development proceeds on about the same timeline as the Falcon Heavy. Even though this is a new vehicle, it's more complex, it's got a different engine, we won't see this as soon as Elon Musk says we will, which – and fortunately, he has said, I think he said in a press uh, conference after the launch, you know, we got this done. Our priority right now is the Crew Dragon. Let's get into the astronaut business. And that's as it should be. You know, I, I hope he does a great job with the BFR. But first of all, Alon, you have a paying customer with NASA. Let's make them happy. And also here, we want to make sure they can get out some more Tesla Model 3s. In the interim. Right. Less of a priority for me. We're not in the market for a new car right now. But yes, I, I understand there are a lot of people who put their deposits down some time ago. would like to uh, get on with that. Well, right now, the latest I heard is they don't expect to reach 5000 a month until June. And 5000 a month, obviously 60000 a year. If they have, what, several hundred thousand pre-orders, they're going to wait till 2021. They're going to have to catch up. Yep. Yeah, it's interesting to compare. Someone, I don't know who was, wrote a comparison a few months back between SpaceX and Tesla. And, you know, not to take anything against what Tesla has done, making electric cars a mass market item and, and forcing, you know, remember how no one in uh, among the big three U.S. automakers seemed that interested in electric cars? But SpaceX has been going out, getting things done. And, you know, they've had their delays, but their record, I think, looks more impressive than Tesla, even though you'd think, what's easier? Build a car that runs on batteries, <laughs> build a freaking spaceship. Uh, I would say the car would be the easier thing to do, and that's not the case here. Well, I think with rockets, even, we realize that the earliest attempts at space exploration by the U.S. had a lot of failures. We yep. forget that. Exactly. The one thing you'll hear over and over again from people around uh, the Kennedy Space Center is space is hard. And it's true. I mean, when you actually 
you're standing there on the on the press site at KSC and you're you're seeing this demonstration of, you know, this is what five million pounds of thrust looks like and sounds like. And yeah, the rocket didn't explode. You you appreciate this is this is not easy. There's a reason why, you know, it, it took the US so long to make this happen, that there still aren't that many countries that you know, can put things into Earth orbit, much less have put people into Earth orbit. Well, the question I have here is, can Elon Musk make a profit from this venture? Because that's the whole point of having something like this by private industry. Somebody's got to make money. Right. Yeah. And, you know, they managed to do it. If, you know, there was definitely times where SpaceX could have packed it in. They were looking at things in the sense of, well, you know, how much more money do we put into this? Uh, but they persevered, and here we are. Well, there you go. Now, they're talking about the Martian mission, what, in the 2020s? I think so. I mean, they originally they had – that's another area where they've scaled back. They had an idea where they were going to use the Falcon Heavy to deliver – to take people into space as well. And there, there was a teleconference before the launch, Monday afternoon, where Musk said, you know, at this point, we don't think it's worthwhile to to man rate the Falcon Heavy. It's going to be a little too much work. Uh, we're we're going to put our attention, our interest into the BFR instead for that, which realistically means, you know, commercial space travel for more than two people on a stretch or four people on a stretch is a ways off, which, you know, fine. Let's... Let's let's take care of first of all making sure we can get astronauts to and from the ISS without writing a check to uh, Roscosmos, the Russian space agency. Well, there you go. Anyway, it was certainly a thrilling attempt, and the fact that yep. cable TV news gave it live coverage—it's like remembering a past and bringing it back again, and bringing back the early days of the space program where everything that was done was watched and monitored carefully until it all became an afterthought. Oh, well. Let's come down to Earth. Right. Let's have a look at the HomePod. We have Rob Pegarero. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R O C K O I D S.com.
Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNTeam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. Anytime, any place, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Welcome back to the Tech Night Out Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Okay, Rob, HomePod, what can you tell us? Well, uh, I've read the reviews. I, I gawked at one briefly, and the Apple Stern near me this morning said a command to it. Siri, play the next song. And, um, yeah, you know, it seems like a great piece of hardware. I can't quite judge the sound in the Apple Store because, you know, I didn't want to annoy everybody else by cranking it all the way up. Uh, it seems like Apple has built a very good speaker. Uh, at the same time, the the existing issues of Siri and the spectrum of voice-controlled personal assistants remain. Siri is something that lives in Apple hardware and nowhere else. Uh, in this case, and you know, everyone has seized on this in their reviews of the HomePod. You know, if you're not, the less all-in you are in the Apple ecosystem, the less useful this is. Uh, and it's crazy to me that this doesn't support Bluetooth audio streaming. It has Bluetooth 5.0 on board. Why would you not do that? I mean, is it that crazy to think that maybe somebody might want to stream from another Bluetooth device? I don't know where Apple is going with that. But in general, acting as if your customers are expected to shun anything from a competitor, that was not a good look when Microsoft you know, pulled that stuff in the late 90s. And it doesn't look any better coming from Apple. Well, the thing I'm wondering about here with regard to this is couple of minor limitations I hear about. Number one, there's no manual EQ. It does all the thinking for you. Right. Is that a good idea or what? Is it Apple with a nanny state or just a simple product that they want you to be able to turn on and use without having to go through the rigmarole? Is it going to figure out the proper sound balance? Why should it bother? But on the other hand, wouldn't it be nice to say, Siri, give me more bass? We have our preferences. Right. You know, people bought Beats headphones, too, when they were still a little bit bassy. I understand now they're more balanced. I mean, this is also a speaker that doesn't have a line in input. So looks nice. It, it's it's smaller than you'd think. You know, having, if you've seen pictures of it that, that wasn't next to a person's hand or a ruler or something. Yeah. And, and it is $350. So you, you have to really value good sound and be very much of the Apple ecosystem. Like, I'm not in the market for it. And, you know, I, I know a few people who have been longtime Apple 
Mac and iOS users who are also kind of on the fence. I mean, it sounds like some things will get better when it supports AirPlay 2. If they could deliver Bluetooth streaming via software update, but, you know, the cardinal rule of buying the gadget has got to be the decision to purchase it has to, you know, pencil out based on the specs it has right now. Expecting something to get magically better because of software updates. It happens a lot, you know. Things improve through software. You can make products better after they ship. But, you know, it's kind of a sucker's bet to buy something and think, well, this will become worthwhile when they ship feature X, Y, and Z. Did they think of that with the Apple Watch? I wonder, because remember the first generation Apple Watch, you had a $10,000 model with thousands of (laughs) dollars spent with the watch band. Yeah. And it's funny, the Apple Watch in some way through software has gotten a little bit worse over time, given that a lot of companies no longer ship Apple Watch apps. They decided this, this, no, this doesn't really do anything for us. Well, I think Apple also has increased the focus on health and fitness, and that's the biggest function for it. Right. But it's obviously, if you can believe what Tim Cook says, sales up, what, over 50%. Uh, Canalis reports sales of $18 million in 2017, which is the third year of the product. The first one came out in 2015. And we forget that number is not that much lower than Max. And in the third year of the iPhone, they sold $20 million. So whatever else we think, it's doing fairly good there. Hmm. Yeah, we'll have to see how the uh, HomePod does. You know, we'll, in in the sense of, A, will it get software updates that sort of fill in some of these blanks? B, how many of these things does Apple sell? You know, and I guess we may know sooner rather than later if there's a price cut or there's some other, if Apple does something non-Apple-esque to try to uh, get more of these things to leave its stores in the hands of paying customers. We don't know how many they actually produced. And also, we don't know how many, how much demand there is for this. I mean, we think we know about such products as the Amazon Echoes. And the cheap ones must sell a lot. But the last I heard about sales, they were no great shakes. Right. Well, with Amazon, they have their own issue, which is that they never, ever talk about like actual hard numbers of sales of their gadgets. How many Kindle e-readers has Amazon sold? Who knows? They've never, you know, pick a number out of a hat. So same thing with all these things. They'll, they'll offer all sorts of numbers that, you know, suggest positive trends. But in terms of how many of these things did you take money from customers for? I think the question, the question is also here, How many people care about having a speaker you talk to in your house? Uh, I'm definitely not one of them. I I don't have uh, an Amazon Echo or a Google Home or any of these things around home. It's, you know, I I find Google Assistant handy. I I was actually, you know, as I was stuck in endless traffic on the way out of uh, uh, Kennedy Space Center Tuesday afternoon, I, I was using Google Assistant to sort of run some Google searches, you know, with my eyes looking ahead since I just had to put my finger on the little button at the bottom of the phone to sort of research my options. All right. Well, that is something you would try to do with Siri also with your iPhone. Right. Or if you have Android Auto or CarPlay on your car. 
But the thing about those things, I wonder too, is I've tried CarPlay from time to time, and nothing about it knocks me out. I think partly because I'm so used to a certain routine listening to the radio in the car. And trying CarPlay, where you got to plug the thing in, and the only vehicles that have wireless CarPlay are the very expensive ones, like a BMW 5 Series. Right. If I have a spare $60,000, though, I don't think I would care about that car, because they just make it very difficult. Right. So, <laughs> regardless, I don't know. I think it makes it awkward. Oh, you got to plug it in. And if you're doing certain other pursuits, it kind of interrupts. And I can go into that, but it's kind of not... I'll give you an answer about that. If you're doing something, say you are doing a ride-hailing gig, like Lyft or Uber. Right. Apple, CarPlay, don't use it. It doesn't work. I mean, you may want to plug in your iPhone to recharge it, but what I do with my car is I use the what they call the... the standard adapter the old cigarette lighter adapter and the car and i put in one of those usb plugs in there so i can just plug it in and charge my phone and not engage carplay yeah i mean what i usually use i just use the android auto app on my phone which you know the great thing is if you pair your phone with bluetooth to your car even if the phone is the the phone the car is so old it only does bluetooth hands-free calling the phone will know when that happens to switch on Android Auto, which locks out everything else. It's the super simplified thing where it'll read your text messages to you, let you know who called, and basically not tell you anything about anything else going on. You won't be bugged if there's an email coming in, if there's a Facebook update or whatever. Uh, that's good. That's And the nice thing is, you know, get some little car mount, you know, the kind that you clip onto one of the dashboard uh, heating cooling vents. And you have this thing right where you can see it. You know, you don't need to buy a new car with Android Auto or CarPlay built in. And the important stuff, you know, show me where I need to make a turn. Don't show me anything else I don't care about. Gets handled pretty well by that. You know, we also have to look here at how much we've sacrificed our freedom. We're so dependent on these devices. And I'm going to ask you about that in a moment. We got Rob Pigarero. He writes for so many places. I'll tell you later what they are. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com.
Here's a special message for those of you who owe the IRS at least 10000 or more in back taxes. The IRS has special programs in place that could eliminate or reduce your tax debt by thousands of dollars. Call the Federal Tax Management Helpline that has been set up for you, 800-503-8625. Stop the wage garnishments, levies, and tax liens now. Once you've qualified and enrolled, the IRS will stop all the collection activities against you. These unique programs have been allocated to help the economy and significantly reduce reduce or eliminate your tax burden. The IRS is currently accepting reduced settlements and other favorable programs. You may qualify for substantial savings, so get the help you need. If you owe more than 10000 in taxes, call for free information and to see if you qualify. Take down the number now for the Federal Tax Management Hotline, 800-503-8625. That's 800-503-8625. 800-503-8625. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I'm here to tell you about GCNTelecare.com, a team of board-certified doctors assisting you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. Within 15 minutes of registration, care your family can afford. Revolutionizing the healthcare industry, virtual consulting, providing diagnosis of non-emergency medical issues by phone or secure video on computer or smart mobile devices. GCNTelecare.com, virtual care anywhere. What would your life be like if you woke up each morning with new vitality, feeling better than you have in years, and you noticed a difference in your sleeping patterns, blood sugar levels, and had a sense of well-being overall? There's something that is changing thousands of people's lives, and you could be one of them. It's called Heart and Body Extract. Sharon Harris, co-creator of Heart and Body Extract, talks about the positive effects of Heart and Body Extract. What happens with the formula Heart and Body Extract is it's giving the body the necessary vitamins, minerals, amino acids, enzymes, and phytonutrients so, so the body will heal itself. And yes, the body does have the ability to balance blood pressure, balance cholesterol, clean and unclog the arteries. It can also work on uh, balancing the circulation for diabetics. So the body is an amazing thing. It simply needs some help so it has the tools to heal itself. Heart and body extract gets results. To order your two-month supply, call now, toll-free at 866-295-5305. Order online at hbextract.com. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the healthy body, brain, and heart pack to the healthy libido pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNTeam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. Okay, what concerns me there is... Obviously, I'm an older guy, and I drove for years with the radio. And I didn't worry so much about what was going on with my phone. And then I got a car with Bluetooth. So I at least can stay in touch if I have to. And not be tempted to look at the car. I mean, if you're doing the ride-hailing gig, you're constantly in touch with your phone right. because it's doing the nav. But otherwise, no. 
why do we have to be so dependent? I mean, for years, if someone sent a message to you, they could wait until you reach your destination for you to check your mail or check a phone message or something. Why do you have to have it now? Even assuming the design is such that it's not really detracting from your attention, which is the purpose of an Android Auto or CarPlay, why do you even need to think about it? Maybe the emergency phone call. Don't people use phones anymore? <laughs> I mean, so they have I, to realize maybe you're not in the place where you can do a text. Call. If it's important, call. You're still not locked out of that. Forget about everything else. Just listen to the radio or whatever you're doing there. And don't worry about it. So I had a little reminder of the importance of being able to function independently from your phone when the uh, Monday afternoon, or just before afternoon, drove into Kennedy Space Center after getting lost once and thought, well, you know, once once I'm actually at KSC, I cannot get lost. Look for the vehicle assembly building. It's 525 feet long. Drive towards that uh, and sort of get past the, uh, the sort of gate where they check my press badge, wave me through. I'm like, yeah, right. Can I just go straight right here, right? And just ignore the sign. And about 10 minutes later, I realized, I don't think I've seen this part of KSC before. Then I realized I'd driven over to the Cape Canaveral Air Force Station, which is also where I realized T-Mobile doesn't have much of a signal. So I thought, great, I'm driving around an Air Force base. I'm not supposed to be here. I could get arrested. I don't know how to get out of here. And so I sort of looked around, figured out, and sort of zoomed back out of Google Maps enough to see that, okay, Right. I need to turn around here. And that bridge thing I went over is actually the causeway where I need to go back and then make a right. And then once I got on this bridge, after having successfully navigated sort of as if by consulting a map, <laughs> just a map with a little blue dot, but I couldn't use any interactive features of it without any data, finally saw the VAB. I'm like, aha, I should have gone left two miles ago. Uh, so I was glad I was able to at least get myself unlost despite having only minimal access to any sort of electronic guidance. But you might have missed the opportunity to meet the men in black right. to take you in custody. Yes. You know, the, the Air Force side looks pretty neat as well. They have lots of pads for smaller rockets like the Atlas V, the Delta IV Heavy, uh, a lot of these historic sites. As I mentioned, that's where SpaceX lands their uh, boosters when they return to land. If anyone's considering a trip to Central Florida and you're going to be around the Orlando area, I would say by all means... Give Disney a rest for a day and, you know, drive the uh, 45 minutes or so east of Orlando along 528 to uh, the Kennedy Space Center. You will not be disappointed. You know, I was thinking here, let's get back to the HomePod for a moment, thinking about where it fits in with the marketplace. Yes. Obviously, there are premium smart speakers, so-called. And I appreciate one thing that Apple has done, even though I mentioned EQ, and that is I realize this is one unit. But the biggest problem with speaker systems, especially stereo systems or surround sound, is setting them up with the proper audio balance. It's not just taking one thing and turning it on and letting it play, like computer speakers or right. a portable radio or something. It is setting up a system, and that's always difficult. Even with a soundbar, I have a Vizio soundbar here. And it's mostly set and forget, except it comes with a subwoofer, wireless subwoofer, and you need to fine-tune that. And you'll find okay. almost anywhere you put it, you may have to configure it. You know, the normal level 
is going to be overwhelming where I live. For some reason, we have a very live rear wall, and everything bounces well, off it. To do that automatically for you by, I guess, sort of figuring out the acoustics right. of the room and un- right. and adjusting it dynamically based on where you're at, which sounds right. neat, but obviously you couldn't test in the Apple Store. Right, that's what HomePod's supposed to do. What I had to do manually because we also have this crazy neighbor upstairs, and when it gets the sympathetic vibrations from the wall, you hear that it's kind of like you're passing a car and they're running really some hip-hop music at full bass, and you hear boom, 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 and you can feel it. So evidently, although he wouldn't let me come to his house, he was feeling the sympathetic vibrations from the bass when I'd listen to the TV. I don't play it super loud. When I heard it, it was a little overwhelming. I had to really back off the bass quite a bit. Even though the woofer was not against the wall, I have it actually at the front of the TV stand to the side of the set. And I had to turn it down to about half its normal level for the sound to come into balance. So that I mm-hmm. had to do. That's the manual adjustment. Everything else I just left alone. That's the manual adjustment. If you're doing a full surround sound system where you've got, this is a basic 5.1 system, where you've got center, left, right, and rears. You've got to bring it all into balance. Yeah. You know, my my own speaker setup these days is pretty straightforward. Soundbar in front of the TV, subwoofer wired to the side of the TV, and that is it. <laughs> There's no rear channel speaker nonsense to contend with. Well, if that's what I had, I still had to adjust the subwoofer to bring it into balance. But like I said, that's our situation. The previous soundbar was a sound base that went oh, under okay. the TV. So everything was part of that box. There was no separate subwoofer. It had two woofer modules in it. Now, it's the same thing. I had to turn down the balance. Where I used to live, everything was perfect. I just left everything automatic. Here, the live rear wall. I got to talk about the people who designed it. I think it was just designed cheaply without a lot of installation from apartment to apartment or something. The case? Of course. So that's why I had to go through this extraordinary method. And more expensive systems do have ways to tailor the sound. If the HomePod has solved that problem, that technology could be used for different sorts of systems. Now, supposedly mm-hmm. there's going to be a software update where you can take two HomePods and put them and set up like a two-speaker system, which you can't do now. That might make a pretty good surround sound device. You know, put them on the TV stand, make sure it's wide enough, and have one at each side. Would that give you a good balance? I guess. I know, there's all sorts of interesting stuff. Your, your comment about how... Your neighbor here is the the speakers. There, there's a company I saw in France of all places last was it? yeah last year last summer uh, called Acoustic Arts Acoustic spelled A K where their whole thing is a highly directional speaker so that only you were supposed to be able to hear it. So yeah, you can do lots of interesting stuff these days with using software to sort of play with sound in ways you couldn't have done before. You couldn't have done it at any affordable price for a, for a consumer. Well, the things with all the automated adjustments, those are the $1,000 plus. On the other hand, they still sell, and this is a rarefied atmosphere in the audio business, loudspeaker systems costing over $10,000 that still require manual placement and adjustment. I can't figure I that I one out. Once. Rob Pecorero and Gene Steinberg on the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today.
hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and sling bows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow, a new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Hear that? That's the sound of a house being trashed while a gang of thieves ransack the place. And what they don't steal will be destroyed. This year, resolve not to be the next victim of a break-in. Go to faketv.com and discover a device that creates the illusion someone inside is watching TV, even when you're miles away. Security is a mindset, and fake TV should be part of your security solution. Be vigilant, but not fearful. faketv.com have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation. Analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. Warning, if you're drowning in debt you can't afford, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to pay it all back, because you don't. What the credit card companies don't want you to know is that there's actually a way to get debt-free without paying off your entire debt or going bankrupt. If you have $5,000 or more in credit card debt, you now have the right to let us settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. For free information, call Credit Associates now. 1-800-959-5759. We'll even show you how much money you could save. If you can't afford to pay off all your debt, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to. Call Credit Associates now for free information on how to get debt-free faster than you ever thought possible without debt consolidation or bankruptcy. We depend on your success and offer a guarantee so there's no risk. For free information, call now. 1-800-959-5759. That's 1-800-959-5759. 1-800-959-5759. Hey folks, Tom D. for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, ghosts, zombies, UFOs, crop circles, and more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people who seek a little more than the other dating services offer. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com. And if you decide you like it and you want to connect with others, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. So many people want to share their experiences with the paranormal, the afterlife, the unusual. And this is the place to meet and share common interests with those of like minds. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com. That's ParanormalDate.com. Use the code word George and start meeting others. Get going now and connect with someone you like.
know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. So I mentioned there briefly about the fact that these extraordinarily expensive speaker systems still require manual placement. And you said, Rob? Yes, you reminded me of one time around CES. I got a pitch along the lines of, ever wondered what a $40,000 speaker sounds like? And my one word answer was no. Well, you know, my late brother back in the 80s and early 90s before we left to Arizona, he had a system called Duntech Sovereign. Two humongously large tower-like speakers. And they cost over $20,000 in 1987 dollars. They would fly them in from Australia. I didn't think they sounded that great. Even the name sounds expensive. Yeah. I don't even know if they're even made anymore. I don't know. Where, what do you have to go by that? I don't even know if the mm-hmm. things are made. I haven't followed it that much. I used to follow high-end audio. And then I kind of sort of realized there that you're catering to a rarefied atmosphere. And the problem there is that they don't always perform better. Hmm. Funny how that works. There's a piece you wrote for Yahoo Finance. I want to hear about this because we talk about privacy so long. Like Apple had this very silly bug in Mac OS High Sierra where you can gain root access, being the super user, all-powerful user with control of everything, and you can get in there without a password. Not even the password password. Nothing. Because Apple fixed it pretty quickly. Now you got something here called about an exercise app for social exercise called Strava. Yes, Strava, they call themselves the social network for athletes. And what they're basically, you know, they're catering to the very human need and want to compare yourself with others. So, you know, here's your run. How do you compare with other people who've run this course, who've biked this course? Um, You know, it's really handy if you go to a new city, you can use Strava and see what are the good running routes instead of finding out that, oh, you know, this is a pill, there's a bunch of traffic, whatever. That's all good stuff. Um, But a couple of issues have come to light with this thing recently. And for me, Timing is pretty lousy because I did a long feature story for the quarterly magazine of the U.S. Geospatial Intelligence Foundation about interesting developments in GeoInt for short. And Strava was one of the companies I featured. I wrote a rather approving little brief recap of them like, here's what they do. Here's how they sort of aggregated all this data to provide a service they call Strava Metro, where if you're a city or a county or, say, a cyclist advocacy organization, you can see aggregated data over time to see where and when do people bike around a city. And that could tell you, well, okay, this this street could use a bike lane. Or, you know, here, no one bikes here, even though it's a short route. What makes this unfriendly to a cyclist? And I thought, you know, this is good. This is taking data from individual users, aggregating while protecting their privacy. What I didn't even think about, and no one else did, that a different Strava product called the Heat Map, which simply shows not over time just where the total traces people have left, their Strava routes, where they ran, where they biked around the world. It uh, turns out soldiers also like to go for workouts. You know, it's not all, um, hopefully not all getting shot at and whatnot because they use Strava and they, they didn't, you know, opt in for their extreme privacy setting. Their, uh, their runs 
their their jogs, whatever, their rides showed up on the heat map, which started revealing military bases overseas, some of which we didn't know about. <laughs> That's not good. You know, you can't quite blame Strava for that because they call themselves the social network for athletes. Uh, and how are they supposed to know? Oh, we shouldn't put this on the heat map because it's a secret military base. They're not clear for that information. But that caused other people to take a look at Strava. And one of these, it turns out a company had already been doing its own research into how a privacy option there called Privacy Zones works. And that's where you can say, don't show my home on the map. And the way Strava does this, you can go into, you have to go to their website to enable this, not in the app, even though you only ever use the app most of the time. So you designate your home and it's basically is not going to show any activity within, say, a quarter mile of it or half a mile, whatever you designate. The problem is the privacy zone is always this distance. So if you go between two or three runs that are in different places, you're going to see that all these runs stop a certain point from some point in between. Draw a circle around each endpoint of that, and where those circles meet is your home. So the privacy feature that was supposed to keep your location confidential has made it very easy for anyone versed in you know Euclidean geometry <laughs> to look at it and see, aha, this is where this person is. This is this company, Wandera. They're a mobile security firm. They they did this research, brought it to Strava's attention. Strava said, well, they basically said it's not a bug, it's a feature. This is how it's supposed to work. So they published their findings. They gave them to me a few days in advance for me to look around them, make some inquiries of my own. And it's a problem. Uh, the solution, which they outlined, which makes sense to me, I ran this by another privacy professional who said, you know, yeah, you, having them be the exact same size, these privacy zones, will make this possible. Vary it. So have their privacy zones sometimes be within say three-eighths of a mile, sometimes it's seven-eighths. So you can't simply draw circles around each endpoint and see where they intersect. Hopefully they'll do that. But it's a good reminder that privacy, doing it right, is can be difficult. And doing, thing, doing what seems like the obvious thing may not actually help anybody. And then, of course, there's a separate problem that because this is a feature that affects your privacy in a mobile app, but you can't set it in the mobile app, most people probably never used anyways. Well, I don't know. We all worry about privacy and everybody finds a way to fear monger about it. Obviously, there are privacy yep. concerns about smart speakers like an Amazon Echo, whereas with HomePod, supposedly we don't have to worry about that because you have a few controls. When do you expect to get a HomePod to give it more extensive testing? Me, probably not ever. You know, I'm not really an audiophile, so I, I'm not in the line to review it as a smart speaker. Uh, the places where I do write most often, Yahoo Finance and USA Today, someone's already done that job. For me as a music listener, well, <laughs> I'm speaking to you through a Mac desktop, but on the desk in front of it, there's an iPad, an Android phone, a Windows laptop. I'm not in enough of the Apple ecosystem for the HomePod to make any sense for me to buy for my own use. And I am an audio person, but I can't, at this particular point in time, figure out any reason why I would need a HomePod. Yeah, it seems like yeah, it would be nice. Like, my wife has a Bluetooth speaker. That sounds pretty good. It might be nice to buy, like, you know, a really good Bluetooth speaker. But I'm pretty sure I could get one that would have good enough quality that, you know, it doesn't have Siri built in or Alexa or Google Assistant. And I'd be okay with that. That's fine. Because I, if I need to use those apps... My phone is right in my pocket, or my iPad is right on the coffee table in front of me. Speaking of privacy, there's an article you wrote for Yahoo Finance, why a car can't protect your privacy as yes. well as a smartphone. Now, 
I should point out here, too, and I had a security expert on the Tech Night Out Live maybe a year or two back, and he said for 30 or $35, he could build a device that would, when you're nearby, capture the data on your key fob and replace it so that that person could take control of your car. That is a risk. I've heard of that. So what I wrote about in this piece was not about that in particular. This was an insight that came to me. I was, I was watching a panel discussion about connected car privacy at the Washington Auto Show last month. And people were saying, you know, we, we think self-regulation is the answer, voluntary guidelines, which, you know, good luck selling that to the American people, given all the privacy screw-ups corporate America has perpetrated or been involved in over the past couple of years. But then, you know, you think about it, your connected car knows where you live, where you go to work. And Google Maps knows that too, but your connected car also knows if you're a good driver or not. And then think about the Let's data. just stop with that. It yeah. knows whether you're a good driver. And that's why insurance companies will stick something in that communications port that the service the people use because they'll get your full it's not just for diagnostics it gets your full driving record off there and they can determine based on your driving history whether to give you a discount or whether to right base their rates on the fact that you're not a very very good driver let's get into more of this in the final segment of the tech night owl live <laughs> listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Hear that? That's the sound of a house being trashed while a gang of thieves ransack the place. And what they don't steal will be destroyed. This year, resolve not to be the next victim of a break-in. Go to faketv.com and discover a device that creates the illusion someone inside is watching TV, even when you're miles away. Security is a mindset, and fake TV should be part of your security solution. Be vigilant, but not fearful. Faketv.com. 
Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Non-attorney paid spokesperson. Could your house go into foreclosure? Are you behind on your mortgage payments? Does it seem like the bank has no interest in helping you save your home? And you feel like you have nowhere to turn for help? Then we have good news for you. Foreclosure Protection Services can help save your home as they specialize in foreclosure assistance. That's all they do. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, being threatened with foreclosure, have been denied a loan modification, or been the victim of a predatory loan, it's critical that you call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-667-9035. Their network of attorneys and their agents are available to speak to you now. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, Foreclosure Protection Services can help stop the foreclosure process. Call today before it's too late. New laws are in effect that may save your home. Call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-667-9035. 800-667-9035. That's 800-667-9035. Hawaii was a wake-up call. Don't be caught without a disaster shelter. Atlas makes an all-disaster shelter that will protect your family from fallout, tornadoes, and hurricanes for only $99.99. That also includes the NBC air filtration system, solid steel construction with an airtight bulletproof door. That's right, for $99.99 and up, call 1-855-4-BUNKER or go to IWantThatShelter.com. Atlas Survival Shelters, the world leader in fallout shelters. Live with Gene Steinberg, it's the Tech Night Owl, because you never know what's going to happen next. So I was saying Rob Pegarero here, what we expect from our cars is a safe driving experience, but because they're connected, they can monitor things you want. Like insurance companies try to sell you on the idea of putting one of these little yep. recording devices. And I forget the company who does it. There's one company who makes all these devices for most of the insurance companies. And it goes into your diagnostic port. And it knows if you brake too hard. It knows if you accelerate too hard. It knows if you exceed a certain predetermined speed limit it even knows if you drive early in the morning where it determines that's an area where you'll be very tired and maybe not be as safe a driver yeah all state this is sort of separate they, they've got a data subsidiary and they're using the data they've gathered from these devices to actually offer useful guidance that other companies can build into their navigation apps so to be able to tell you on the street, on this curve you're about to go through, there have been more accidents than usual. Please be careful. That's you know a good use of the data. The problem I sort of focused on was think about what you can do with the data Google Maps collects about you. You can inspect this. You can see your Google timeline. You can delete part of it. You can edit it. You can export this data to do whatever you want with it. You can delete it entirely. Can you do that with a connected car? The answer is no. 
I asked around, the closest I could find to this notion of giving the driver ownership of their data, BMW has a, a service called Car Data. They have in Europe right now, not yet in the U.S., where you can, in fact, provide some of your data to a third party like a mechanic so they can then use it to help diagnose the vehicle. I'm like, well, that's good. you know. But if the car is just collecting this information, you don't get to see it. You don't get to benefit from it. You know, that's bad. And people love to give Google a lot of crap over, you know, you you know so much about me, but at least they let you see this stuff. And they have a history of standing up to government curiosity over it. You know, Google was one of the first tech companies to have a transparency report where every year, I think twice a year, they document this is how many uh, search warrants we got for data this year from every government in the world where we operate. I don't know of any car companies that have a transparency report. So what I, I wrote this piece to say, this is a good time for the car industry to get out in front and to learn from the mistakes of the smartphone industry. You know, this is your time to clearly document the rules you operate by when law enforcement asks for a connected car's data, to give the driver some way to look at this stuff, or at least before you sell the car, delete all the personal data it collected about you from the car. Where right now, I, I looked, apparently the Tesla Roadster, the, the Tesla Model S, does let you do that. You can delete all your info from the car. Everything else, you know, you got to do one thing in the navigation app, another one in the, the Bluetooth settings, you know, but there's no simple factory data reset option for the car. The You're car opening road. your driving history even to the service department at your car dealer because the they're going to look at that to determine what's wrong with your car. Well, your one of your spark plugs is misfiring, whatever the problem is. Maybe your emission control system is not working right. Yes. But you're handing, it's like handing your smartphone unlocked to somebody when you take it to your service department for a routine oil change or maintenance because they have access to all this other stuff there. And as you raise a point in your article about you sell your car, can you delete your personal information? I mean, with a smartphone, you reset the thing. You wipe it clean. You sell off a computer. You can wipe the drive clean. You can even do one of these secure deletes or something. Yep. But your smart car with all the gadgets on and computers, you hand it into the dealer when you're doing a trade-in. You give them the key. You sign it over. And you wonder, do they or will they just wipe it clean? Do they have you know, an erase adjustment on their diagnostic system where they can just wipe the data? Or do they even care? It's to be hoped. And what about the next owner? If the next owner is a hacker, is he going to find out, oh, let's find out all about the driving history of the person who had this car before? Exactly. And, you know, when smartphones first came around, there wasn't any way to securely delete stuff. There was no encrypted storage. And so it took a few iterations for companies to get that right. I would say, you know, Detroit, Tokyo, Seoul, Stuttgart, (laughs) Munich, wherever. Please take note. Other people have been through the situation before. Learn from their example. Well, I think it's one of those things that hasn't been publicly abused, even though we know it probably has. Obviously, when, what was it? Was it Fiat Chrysler who had a problem where their car could be hacked? Yes. And they had to adjust the software for it. When people actually find their privacy sacrificed, you know, like with Equifax and 140 million people, when that happens to someone's car, And they realize the danger, not that it's academic because you explained it in an article or someone else did, but where it really, really happens. 
then I think something will be done because that's the way it always is. You have to wait for the crime to be committed before you find a way to prevent it. Exactly. So, yeah, hopefully people read the post, think about it. It's all I can do. Did you get any response from the car industry? I did not. No. I mean, I, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's not that they haven't thought about the, these issues. Pretty much all the automakers and the, the major ones in the U.S., based here and based overseas, have, have signed a set of privacy principles that, that basically have the right goals in place. But you would have to know to look at the site of this particular trade association to find that they've signed on to them. And, yeah, it's, it's really not clear. The, the one case I looked at in particular was Honda, where – they uh, they have the have or had this electric car, the Fit EV, only leased in California. And page two of the lease agreement says that you know Honda can collect information about this for diagnostic purposes and also for any legal purpose. And I talked to Honda and they said we're only we only use this you know for diagnostic. It, it's an electric car. We're trying to figure out what makes the battery go down. And I'm like I get it, but <laughs> the second page of documentation the potential driver sees really opens the door wide open. And that's why, I mean, I've made this point dozens of times, you know, lawyers should look at your privacy policy, but if they write it with an eye towards, make sure we don't get sued for for not allowing any possible use case we might have for the data, that never looks good. If you, if you write things to keep your options open, people will get scared because it's really not possible to write saying that lets the company do what they want with your data that doesn't, in fact, suggest they will do whatever the hell they want with your data. Again, it's going to take an example of abuse with the wrong person before something happens. Maybe Jimmy Kimmel will be <laughs> hacked and he'll get on the air and say, look what happened to me. We've got to do something. And suddenly millions of people will realize it. Rob Pegarero, can you tell us where we can learn more about the stuff you do? I'm on Twitter as at Rob Pegarero. I'm on the web at robpegarero.com. And that, that same first name, last name, R-O-B-P-E-G-O-R-A-R-O. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, most places online. And you write for? Yahoo Finance, USA Today, Wirecutter, and various other clients as they come and go. And hopefully they come so he stays busy and rich. Then maybe he'll be able to buy himself nice. an iMac Pro for $5,000. You can find us on Twitter if you look for Tech Night Owl. Look for Tech Night Owl on Twitter. You can also find Gene Steinberg on Facebook. You can also check out our other radio show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night. And we'll be hearing this week from Stan Gordon on the Paracast. Stan Gordon is a researcher on all things paranormal from Pennsylvania. And that big state has lots of really weird things happening. And you'll learn about them from Stan. Go to Paracast.com. That's Paracast.com. And by the way, we added a new station for the Paracast in Guam, believe it or not. You can also hear a special version of this show, The Tech Night Owl Live, without the ads, the network ads, with better quality audio. Speaking of audio quality, if you subscribe to Tech Night Owl Plus, it's also the best way to support the show. For a low subscription rate, weekly, monthly, annually, etc., etc., you get the special version of the show. To find out more, go to plus.technightowl.com. That's plus.technightowl.com. And we'll tell you how you can get started for less than half what you pay for a Starbucks coffee. And now that I did that, Starbucks will never advertise. <laughs> Rob Pegarero, thanks for joining us in the Tech Night Out Live. 
Thanks for having me. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.